It's episode 83 of the Pete Primo Show. Welcome to the Pete Primo Show. We have Bob Munkle unfiltered today. Patrick Tinney, you're already at it. Okay, kids, it's time to rock and roll, busting it out from Bancroft, Canada. Giddy up, Pete Primo. And guys, if you're looking for a good book on sales, the bonus round. It's also a history of advertising from Patrick Tinney. Probably one of the best books ever written on negotiations. My favorite, Patrick's Perpetual Hunger. Even the title, just looking at the book makes you better. All right. Where was I? I was going to talk about my sponsors. Sell a million. Thanks, Chris. You caught me. (laughs) Sell a million. If you haven't bought my book, Sell a Million, what are you waiting for? Over 101 tips for furniture and mattress stores on how to sell another million this year. And right about now, we could all use that. Guys and gals, if you don't belong to the Mattress Industry Network, what are you waiting for? My guest, Bob Munkle, belongs to the Mattress Industry Network. Everybody who's anybody in the Mattress Industry belongs to the Mattress Industry Network. It is a wonderful group. It is the only group that I know that is actually run by retailers for the benefit of the entire industry. Steve, thank you very much for sponsoring my show. Um, I appreciate everything you do for us, and I appreciate everything you do for the industry. If you are in the mattress industry, we want you in the mattress industry group. If you want to learn how to sell, how to merchandise, how to market better, uh, you want to network, you want to get the lowdown about another line that you're thinking about putting down, you want to you know, base it on experience, join the Mattress Industry Network and scan that QR code that you see right there on the video. And Bob, thank you so much for coming on the show today. You know, you have had an incredible career and I've kind of watched most of it from the shadows. Uh, Some really good friends of mine have been very, very impressed with your work, who have worked with you up close and personal. And, uh, you know, the title of the show is awesome, right? Bob Munkle, unfiltered. So I've been a VP of sales twice in my career. And, you know, part of our roles is good corporate citizen, right? And there's certain things that we cannot say, but the handcuffs are off. You could say anything you want. Congratulations on your new company, Uncle Munkle. Tell us just a little bit about how we got here. Um, I, I'm just uh, I'm a, I'm a little bit starstruck. So forgive me if I if I if I don't have as many words as I normally do. But I will be sure to chime in. There are a bunch of people wanting to ask questions, but we're going to make them wait just a second so that we can kind of get the reader's digest of how you came to own your own consultant and sales training company. And it's more than that even, but I'm going to let you tell the story and then I'll probably dive in and ask a couple of questions. So thank you, Pete. Um, I can now check off one more box on the experience list that as I live and breathe, I am on the Pete Primo show. I mean, this is, <laughs> this is, you know, when we were chatting a week and a half ago, I'm like, 
And he's, you know, you should come on the show. And I'm like, really? You could, yeah, you should come on the show. And it's, um, I've watched a whole bunch of episodes. You know, you learn a lot too. Uh, and I'm going to offer this to the audience. One thing that I like about Pete, well, there's a lot to like about Pete, but one thing I like about Pete is your style is to sort of set it up, ask the question and let the guest run. And then you glean some interesting facts and then you sort of, sort of dig from there. It's, it's just, um, that you are exactly where you need to be, Pete. So thank you for that. Roger Cunningham is saying Bob is the man and absolutely Roger. Bob is. Darren Sparks is saying two industry icons on one screen. Excited for this show. For sure one, and that would be Bob. But thank you, Darren. I always it's appreciate your support. Pete. Right. So welcome. So, um, let's answer your question. Sure. Uh, I've been a corporate guy for I don't, you know, for years. Okay. And to your point, uh, you do have to be a good corporate citizen and you do have to be a brand ambassador and that doesn't mean lie and that doesn't mean you know spew out untruths but because there's always personal integrity involved uh but for a number of years i've thought of doing something on my own it was usually centered around training because i'm most known for training i do lots of stuff but uh training has sort of pushed my name to the forefront of some folks minds so uh, I would say even back to the latter SSB days, uh, I was already in the ideation stage saying, okay, should I go out on my own? If I do, what does that look like? And then, um, you know, I had an opportunity at Resident, uh, which it just it kind of fell in my lap and it was kind of the right thing at the right time. Uh, so I took that leap and I left SSB after nine and a half years. Uh, and there were great years. A lot was accomplished during that period of time. Uh, but getting into the dot com space and then moving that to retail or really, you know, if you think about it from, you know, retail 2.0 to re retail 3.0 and helping those brands get established at retail, that was a really exciting thing to do. And it added. Uh, another dimension, you know, how we, we go through our careers and we begin to see the industry from different angles. You know, I've been a retailer. I've been a wholesaler. And then I worked for our furniture first to buying group for years. So I got to see it from that side and then back to wholesale. And then, then from dot com to retail, it just added yet another layer to, uh, help me really fully understand this industry and that journey from really from the customer's home now to the desk. I used to say it was the journey from the door to the desk being very retail focused, but it's more than that because a lot of purchase volume and a lot of information is gotten from .com. And sometimes decisions are made before you ever see them in the store. Uh, so there's a lot to learn from that process. But once the, one thing's for sure, most customers are coming into stores. So I live and breathe in that journey from the door to the desk. And I think today's times and with the uh, success of the internet, uh, retailers need to think differently on how they engage customers from the moment they meet them live and in person. And Uncle Local is going to be focused on really four pillars. One, I'm going to have a, a very carefully selected narrow line of brands in my bag. 
that I will represent, that I will work through retailers, that I will train their associates, and I will ensure that they are successful with those brands. Very narrow. I'm not filling the bag with a whole bunch of stuff. Very carefully selected. Uh, so I have that. Then there'll also be the sales consulting piece of it, of which I'm already in discussions with, um, let's say, less than a handful of players in the industry right now. And that could be manufacturers as well as retailers. There'll be a training part, which is going to come twofold. One, there'll be the live training seminars that I'm kind of known for, Pete, you know, just yeah, in are. front of an audience and make a difference. Uh, so that could be launch meetings. It could be just good old-fashioned sales training. But I also have UncleMuncle.com. The website is not built yet, but it will be. But that's going to be a source where people can go on a subscription or really a class-by-class basis, and they can learn how to sell, how to overcome objections, how to sell motion bases, how to trade up, how to trade down. All of these uh, selling techniques that are rooted in honesty, integrity, and solution selling, uh, there will be classes and videos on there that will be available to my retail clients who buy my brands, but they'll also be available for a fee to others. So think of it as a, a training resource on .com, a training resource live in consulting, a sales resource in helping you run parts of your business of which I have a lot of experience. And then, of course, there's the, the uh, selection of quality brands that will truly help you move more product more often and have, I would say, delighted customers. Wow. I could spend the rest of the show unpacking that, but um, there was something I wanted to say to you. I've, uh, I have taken great pride in, in my training, and uh, the, there are two guys who I will admit right now who are better than me. One is Mark uh, Klingenberg from Instant Comfort, who sold over a thousand um, adjustable um, air systems in at retail and is now the uh, national uh, sales manager for personal comfort and for instant comfort and you. And our, our friend, uh, Scott Vaughn told me, you have to see Bob Munkle train. And I don't know how I ended up there, but I saw you train. And, and I'm going to tell you, not to embarrass you, but I want to tell the entire audience, I have never seen a man who comes across as being truly caring about what he's delivering and how he's delivering it to our retail salespeople. So often we get these um, trainers and they almost talk down to our retail sales pros and it destroys everything before we even get started. So here's some advice to you. If you're in training in our industry and you don't love and honor our sales pros, please just resign. Just get out. Bob, the care in how you honor our retail salespeople, how you treat them, how you view them, it comes across. The fact that you um, understand them and are you don't give pie in the sky stuff. I mean, you give things that they could go and cash right now 
And the beautiful thing about it, Bob, is you do it in a style that will be more acceptable to most retail salespeople. Because being a retail salesperson for my first nine years, I know what turns off a retail salesperson. And I go, oh my, oh my, you just did it. You blew it. And uh, you know, when I watched you, I was watching with a really critical eye because our Scott, our friend Scott Vaughn told me, you're the best. So I'm like, I'm going to rip this guy apart. And I'm like, <laughs> I can't disagree. What I saw was phenomenal. You are one of the great talents are in our industry. And I am so excited that, you know, those corporate handcuffs are, are coming off and you can do all the right things for your dealers. You can go really deep in a consultancy role. Um, you can do sales training and you can also handpick some lines that you know from the other end, right? That your retailers have been coming to you for years going, Bob, this is an awesome line. Uh, you know, Bob, I know you're with resident, Bob. I know you're with SSB. I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. Like, this but, is an awesome line. Yeah, yes, and that, but I'm and, selling the heck out of this. Well, right. Yes. Uh, Thank you, you, Patrick. Uh, You know, it was a fabulous endorsement of Bob Munkle. And and, and he he earned that, Patrick. He he is so special. You two would have so much in common. It's ridiculous. Justin Trumbo, my dear friend from BedTech. Bob's training seminar that I got lucky enough to attend was one of the best I've ever seen. Two living legends on one screen. (laughs) What you, do you want to know something? I don't know if you've seen Justin in action, but Justin is a great trainer in his own right. Um, well, and I, hope I have never taken so many notes because he turned upside down some ideas that I had, and his ideas were better. And he's what thirty five or forty years old. I'm almost sixty two. I'll be sixty two um, this week, and and. Here I am learning from this kid who is so talented. And so, Justin, thank you for being on here. You are, is Uncle Munkle hiring? Well, that depends, Steve. Steve, do you need a job? Are you tired of working for yourself, brother? <laughs> well, I think I'm pretty sure Steve's got a new store that he's going to attend to, right? Yes. Um, so, you know, it's interesting you yet mentioned, um, all too often, uh, trainings at retail, I think, make two fundamental or they lose opportunities is what it is with the audience, with the retail sales associates, their managers, and so on. And one of that is that they're so product focused um, and they have such a short period of time in order to convey whatever information is given them from the corporate line. You know, they got 33 slides and they got 20 minutes to do it. And it's three pounds of bologna in a two pound bag and it doesn't work. And, uh, to be thoughtful about the time and what the retail sales associate needs really takes some humility. And it also comes from a place of experience. I was, I was in retail for 12 years. I know what it's like to be an RSA. I know what it's like to have a zero day. I know what it's like to have an amazing day. I've watched customers walk out the door because of me. 
Because something I've said, something I didn't say, something I didn't ask, or I wasn't listening as much or as well as I could have. So a lot of what I teach comes from a place of, I've been there and I've seen things not work. And I'm a little bit of a scientist. It it matters a lot to me why a customer walks. And if you think about it, so a lot of you folks are in the mattress industry. If you think about it, you know, the purpose of shopping for a mattress is to actually buy the mattress. That's what success looks like. And buying a mattress is daunting. It is, it, it's difficult. We're asking a customer to leave the comfort of their own home. They've clearly not been sleeping well for probably a considerable period of time. We're asking them to come into a store often for the very first time they've ever walked into a store and then meet a salesperson that may or may not be commission-based, which alone can really get their defenses high, then lie down in public in front of strangers. You know, so, and in the winter, the coats are on and the boots and all of this. This is, this is really a daunting experience for them. But yet, we get up, Pete, and we go to work every day in that same store. We are comfortable there. It's our home away from home. So at the moment, we, when we meet these customers, the emotions are entirely different. We're very comfortable, very confident, but yet they're not. So it's imperative that we get them to a place that they can feel comfortable, that it's okay, and to trust us. So that journey from the door to the desk matters. And as I said before, the purpose of shopping for a mattress is to buy one, not to keep shopping because to keep shopping is actually failure and not success. Because once they buy the mattress, they're done. It, you know, it's a relief. So anytime a customer leaves your store without a receipt, we should view it as a failure on our part. There was probably something we could have done or there was probably something we did that somehow affected that customer's decision. Because ultimately, the coordinates of yes are when the customer's confidence in the outcome exceeds their fear of making a purchase mistake. So when their confidence in the outcome is high and their fear of making a purchase mistake is low or non-existent, they buy. I mean, that's the moment. And it is our job to meet the customer where they are and bring them down that journey so that they're confident in the outcome and any and all fears or concerns that they have about making a purchase mistake are gone. And there is an art to that. And it's an art that can be taught. There is an art that can be um, practiced. It is an art that certainly can be honed and improved over time. And if we just crowd the customer's head with product information, that is not the path. That does not do it. Customers don't buy all these wonderful widgets and fancy words that we use. That's just not important to them. They, they've come in with a need. They come in with specific problems. They may even have problems that they're unaware of. Our goal is to meet them where they are in a safe, approachable way and then to uncover what those problems are, and then have your particular selections come alive within that lens of solving their problems without pressure, without making stuff up, and do so with integrity. And then once you can bring them to a place where they're confident in the outcome, 
and any and all fears are removed, the natural response is yes. That's where yes resides. Yep. So I want to dig in on this because we do get Patrick Tinney. It is all about de-risking the purchase. Absolutely, Patrick. Thank you. Thank you for that, Patrick. Um, Great RSAs always uh, do autopsies. They always learn from their failures. And better than that, they learn from others. They're open. They're, they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're open books. And they will... Do you know, when I succeeded as a trainer is when I see a couple of sales pros kind of lurking and they're going to snag me before I leave. And I can see it a mile away because I've been doing this for 40 years, right? And... And naturally, I engage them and they asked me that one question that they were too embarrassed to ask during the group, which is great. Yes. Getting to that question that is what's been holding them back. And nine times out of 10, Bob, I'm reframing it and I'm, I'm, I'm asking it back to them. So is that what you mean? No, no, I really mean blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, so how about this? And then before you know it, we've reframed this whole thing and they don't even see with the same eyes anymore. Mm-hmm. And now they understand that that was something that was in their head and it doesn't really exist. And they are now free to make sales left and right. And when you can have that kind of impact on somebody, to me, you are benefiting not only them, but their family, their children, the history of their family, potentially. Um, that That's the funnest part of, of sales training. And I noticed that you said something. I, I've gotten in several debates with friends. Um, you know, is selling art or is selling science? I say they're both. It's but, both. But when you're really, really good, You've already got the science part down. It's just art. It just flows. But on occasion, though, you know, on occasion, if you watch someone or you're talking to someone who knows what they're doing or or maybe they are just brilliant at some parts of the sale process, but not others. So what's interesting is I found that I have learned things from sales associates who are not the top writers. But there's an aspect of their selling approach or there's some way that they think about something that's, it's, it's just brilliant. It, it is brilliant and it, and it helps them. So I'll give you an example. So art and science. All right. You, you encounter an objection. Okay. We all get objections. So the art is to get the customer to really reopen the sale and reopen this as a possibility. And maybe you you uncover a different objection. Maybe you overcome an objection with you know financing or with some other answer or solution to that problem, okay? But the science is you can do that in a somewhat scripted process that does not have to sound like it is a script. I'll give you an example. Right. So what... Our favorite actors and actresses deliver someone else's wor- words on camera all the time. They don't write that stuff. 
they deliver that stuff and we believe them. So, and it, in your podcast, you've said that selling is acting because it is. And sometimes you can learn a simple script or a methodology that might be someone else's words, but you can be that actor and actress and deliver it. I'll give you an example. Um, I have to shop around. Have Okay, show of hands on you online. Have you heard this? I have to shop around, right? Yeah, yeah. all the hands go up. We, we hear this all the time, okay? So what is the translation of I have to shop around? I'm not sold. I'm leaving. I don't want to be rude. Is that fair? That's what they're saying, okay? It's exactly what they're saying, okay? So in this moment, the customer's defenses are high because they know they don't want the hard sales pitch in this moment. They've made a decision. So emotionally, they're not going to be open to, well, if they can lower the price, you follow what I'm saying? So how do you get the defenses down? Well, that's the science. Well, I understand exactly how you feel. And I work with clients every day and some have felt the same way. But what I found is it's helpful to review just a few things that will help you while you're shopping around. All right, so freeze. I understand exactly how you feel. Empathy. I work with clients every day and many have felt the same way. You're not alone. What I found, it's helpful to review just a few things that will help you focus while you're shopping around. Oh, you're going to help me. So you're not going to hard sell me. So there's the setup. So now the defense, instead of being up here, drops just a little bit and they've just given you permission to review a few things. Now in this moment, Pete, you don't have 20 minutes. You, you, there's like a one minute review. That's all you have time for. Okay. So out of all the mattresses that you've tried, is this the one that you're going to compare the other mattresses to? Yes. Well, you just learned it's the right mattress. If they say no to that, you don't have the right mattress. But if they say yes, okay, great. You mentioned to me how it's taking a long time to fall asleep. You're tossing and turning. And your husband's waking up with the back pain. Is there anything else? that we need to know about, that we need to fix. Oh, no, 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 you've been great. You've been great. No, you've been wonderful. Thank you so much. Okay, so so do you feel confident that this mattress will meet your needs? Yes. So look what you've done. You've established it's the right mattress. You've reviewed the problems that you've talked about being customer-focused. You've demonstrated that these features within that mattress will fix that problem, Okay. So now you can open up what the real objection is. Well, if we've solved this problem, this problem, this problem, there must be something that I'm unaware of. Can you help me understand what that is? That's an open-ended way to flush out the real objection. Or if you have the ability to affect the price or the value, which many stores don't, right? It could be a map product, could be any number of things. But if you do have the ability to change the value, you could set that up in this moment. You could say, well, if we know we have the right mattress and we solve all the problems, you must be concerned about the price. Am I right? Boom. The price objection comes out. Okay? And then once it comes out, thank you for sharing that with me. There's the hidden objection. So what we do with customers like you is we have a special financing program or we have a special this or we have, you know... I, I, if I check stock, if inventory is above a certain level, sometimes I can help customers. There's no guarantee 
And you could set it up as a helpful thing. However way you would go about solving that problem or closing or adding, recall the two pillows that you'd love. If I can get you those two pillows included in the sale price today, would you still let the shop around or would you just get what you want right now? So, all right, so what have you done? You, you have this objection, which is telling you, I'm not trying to be rude, but I'm not sold, I'm leaving. Okay, now we got to lower the defenses and have them give you permission that you can review so you can learn, do you have the right product? Have you solved all these problems? And then and in that moment, that laser focus, they realize that they have already solved their problem, which was the purpose of shopping for a mattress. So you reinvigorate the solution there and then you either flush out a new objection or you just ask for the sale a second time. So, okay, in that response, you have art and you have science. There's a methodology, there's a script, there's reasons behind it, but then there's the art of practice, of learning how to deliver those words and those methods as if it came out of your head in that moment. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's beautiful. It reminds me of a story it was my, I think it was my first YouTube video. I worked with a, a, a gentleman who's no longer with us, uh, Angel Gutierrez, God rest his soul, taught me so much. He was my, my mentor at retail. And just to tell the story really, really quickly, just to back up everything that Bob said, um, Angel was the number one writer at Kronheim's Furniture. Uh, every, every time I asked a sales rep, Who's the best furniture salesman in Cleveland? Uh, I'm working as a sales RSA at a retail store. Who's the best salesman? I always got the same answer. Angel Gutierrez. He works at Cronheim's Furniture, Middleburg Heights. So I finally, my time at Price Chopper Furniture had come to a close. And uh, I wanted to go to Cronheim's and I wanted to beat Angel. I wanted to become the number one salesman for furniture in Cleveland. And so that was my mission. I went on an interview. I got the job, but they didn't have an opening at Middleburg Heights. And so Larry and Gene, who were the owners, they said, listen, you can start you know, over here and then you can transfer. And I'm like, no, no, no. It has to be Middleburg Heights. So finally, being good salespeople, they uncovered the objection. You just got to tell me why. You just, please help me understand. I'm confused. And and I said, uh, Angel Gutierrez is your number one salesman, correct? And they both kind of leaned back in their chairs and they said, absolutely correct. He works at Middleburg Heights, correct? Yes. I'm. I want to go to Middleburg Heights and beat Angel Gutierrez. Now, this is really cocky, what, 25, 26-year-old. I mean, like, bold. what was wrong with me? So many things. We won't even go into detail. Uh, but anyway, uh, they laughed. And they said, well, we'll call you if anything changes. And within a week, they said, hey, are you still available? I was actually a few days later. I said, yeah, well, we have an opening. They made one. And <clears throat> they fired the the bottom producer, which I encourage everybody to do. Uh, if you don't fire your bottom producers, you're, you're making a mistake. You have to keep your, uh, keep upgrading your skill level for your RSAs. Um, so I'm following 
angel around trying to learn everything I can from him. He's number one, Bob. I mean, he is number one. Like, this man was the perfect retail salesperson. He was so good. And you couldn't even see it. Unless you were looking for it, Bob, you couldn't see what he was doing. And that's what made him so special. It was so smooth, so good. You couldn't see what he was doing. And the customers couldn't see it. The other salespeople couldn't see it. They, I could see it because I only had eyes for Angel, right? <laughs> and so we had an old Broy Hill gallery. And it was divided up. It was like a maze. And I wanted to hear what he was saying to a customer. So I followed him around. And so there's these walls. And so I climbed up on top of the dresser so I could hear. So my head's hanging over the top. Wow. I'm listening to Angel. And he's doing all the things that I do. So I'm just like going, check, 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 check. I, I do all this stuff. I'm not learning anything. No big deal. So the time comes for the customer to say, hey, we're not ready to make a decision. We're just looking around, you know, thank you for showing us everything, but, you know, we're just not ready. I mean, they literally gave him nothing, not nothing, nothing to go on. So he says, he he almost bows and he says, my name is Mr. Angel. Please ask for me when you come back. He goes, I've said everything that I could possibly say to you. I really think that you like this, but for some reason, you're not going ahead in that. And that's okay. I just want you to remember uh, what I didn't do here. I didn't tell you that it was the last one. I didn't tell you that it was the last day of the set. So, so what was he? He's inoculating, oh, right? And yeah, this is yeah. brilliant. And, and he's sinking the competitors who are going to oh, use yeah, all these yeah, things. Yeah. Yeah. Because if they go, it's a time bomb. It's going to blow up and it's oh, over, absolutely. right? Yes. It's so, so beautiful. So he's doing this. But then he absolutely takes another step back, another Bob, completely defeated. Well, Mother Nature starts calling, Bob. I have to use the restroom really, really bad. And since he's completely defeated, there's no reason for me to listen anymore. So I go, I take care of business. I come back and he's in the booth writing these people up to my utter dismay. I cannot believe this is happening. I, I mean, I hung in there. I hung in there. I hung in there. I couldn't wait anymore. I had to go. He was completely defeated. And uh, I waited for them to leave. And I'm pacing back and forth. <laughs> I waited for them to leave. And I said, I said, Angel. What did and I he mean? goes, and, and you know, he called me. He had the, a couple pet names for me. And because I've always been heavy, he called me uh, my baby hippo. So he goes, my baby Almost. hippo, my baby hippo. I'm flattered that you follow me around to glean everything that you can learn from me. I truly am flattered. He goes, but when I looked up and I saw your head over there, he goes, I was, I was a bit surprised. He goes, uh, what can I? what can I help you with? And I said, Angel, I, I, I listened to everything you said and, uh, and you let them go. And I had to use the restroom. When I came back, you're writing up the sale. Please tell me what you, what you said. And Angel says this, this is at 11 o'clock in the morning, Bob. Angel says this, Pete, 
It took me 33 years to learn that. I'm not giving it to you. So silent treatment till 8.30, 8.45 at night. We're going home at nine. He comes over to me. He goes, my little baby hippo, you're never going to talk to me again. I said, that's right, Angel. I'm never going to talk to you again. He goes, I'm not going to tell you, but if you listen to me, you'll be able to figure it out. I said, okay. He goes, do you remember when you said that, that I was letting them go? I said, you were letting them go, Angel. You were. He goes, they thought so too. <laughs> right. Which is a long-winded way of just reinforcing everything you said. He brought right. them down. He knew exactly where he was. He was a consummate professional. He knew that he had to actually be defeated and or they're not going to listen because if he was still right. selling, they're going to still defend, right? But when I stop selling, I'm no longer, you know, I'm just going to be, give you a couple of helpful hints mm -hmm. to help you along on your journey. It's the same exact, same exact thing you just taught us. So thank you. That was a treat. And, uh, that's so good. It's just, uh, uh, it, it sets up angel, so angel gets it. Um, it, let's let's put ourselves in the customer's shoes for a moment. Sure. Not to belabor this point, but I I think it'll bring it home. Yes. So we are all that. consumers, and we've been out there shopping for high ticket need based purchases that we really know little enough about, right? So we're in a showroom. The salesperson's doing their thing over and over and over again. And at some point in time in that presentation, in that conversation, we've decided, okay, not you, not this. Now, we've all been there. Now, none of us or very few of us would blurt out, not you, not this, and leave the store at that moment. We're, not, we're just not going to be rude that way. These, right. these people did spend time with us. you know. So we feel a sense of human obligation to be nice. So what does that mean? We may have decided, but we're already planning to give you some excuse that is may or may not be true that we're leaving. We're going to ask for a card, even though we're not coming back. We'll say, how late are you open? Even though we know we're not coming back, we're going to say we're shopping around, but we're going to pick up the kids at school and we'll go out shopping another day. It wasn't you today. Okay. So we, we, we're reasoning in our mind, how do I get out of the store without a hard sell, without an argument? Okay. So at the moment we decide to deliver the objection, we have already decided no. And the one fear that we have is that the person's not going to accept that. And this is going to turn into a conversation that we're trying to avoid. Okay. So yeah. Angel understands that no matter what you say in this moment, as long as the shields are up, think Star Trek, you can fire at will, but you're not going to penetrate. So you have to get your client to drop their shield. And the only way to get them to drop their shield is to accept their no. Then you have to go back and sort of help them focus on the key aspects of the product benefits as it relates to their, to, to help them see that this is the right product. Not by you telling them, it's by you asking and let them tell you. Because if it's not the right product, they're going to tell you that. 
All right. You'll get one of these. Like, uh, all right. So, um, are you convinced that this mattress will meet all your needs? Well, and if you time it, it's about two seconds. Once you, <laughs> well, you don't have the right product. Okay. Yeah. You don't have the right product. And, and I got, I got news for you. You can recover from that, but it's tough. Because if your presentation was too long, they've run out of time. If your presentation was rather efficient and thoughtful and scientific, right? Okay. Then you may have enough time to introduce another product. And there are ways of doing that. It is. It's art and science. It's art and science. It's art and science. And it's teachable. And it's practicable. Because you can get these clients to say yes, as long as you bring them to the coordinates of yes and help them realize that. When they're confident in the outcome and their fears of making a purchase mistake are all but gone, the only answer without pressure is yes. And that is art and that is science. That's beautiful. Thanks for sharing that with us, Bob. Um, Chris, can you pull up Guy Dane's The Silver Fox's comment? Um, I saw a comment come through there and I was. Good, simple pro process. Thank you, Chris. A uh, good, simple process. Excellent. Ask the correct questions. Overcome. Come in the objections. Comes easier. Smiley face. Perfect. Thank you, uh, Guy. Um, I am sure that Bob appreciates that. Sales blockers. Perfect PT. The right conversation with clients is a key skill. Yes. Yes. And, you know, sometimes we trip over what we think are ancillary comments, ancillary things. If the customer brought it up, it's important to her. And I'm saying her for a reason, because most of the time it is her, either directly or indirectly. And if she brought it up, we should talk about whatever she wants to talk about, because there's a reason behind that. And sometimes when we are in our reptilian cells brain, when we first start, we want to just check off each point and that becomes our greatest mistake. Trying to achieve our goals for the sale at the risk of the relationship. Mm -hmm. When somebody asks you a question or brings something up that's personal about them, do you know what they're really saying? They're saying, I trust you here. I trust right. you with this. Right. And if they trust you with that and you don't expand upon it and you don't reaffirm them and you don't dig deeper, then you just missed uh, a wonderful opportunity to probably yeah. make a friend as well as a customer. And to me, that's more important than the sale. But call me sentimental. <laughs> and, and, and customers, customers buy for their reasons, not ours. Ah. So... Uh, what I learned many years ago is um, a lot of companies, more or less, they have a selling process and it, and it is based upon some sound principles. But the selling processes that are so rigid that are literally imposed on the customer, I think there's a certain percentage of customers that you lose because of that. So that's one, especially in today's internet world, the customer comes in further down the purchase funnel today than they did 30 years ago. Yeah. So uh, because of that, the the methods of engagement early on are really critically important. But what's interesting about the the aspect of giving them too much information, 
all too often we're out there shopping and then the salesperson delivers a pitch to us. So, you know, you're shopping for a car. There's the classic old walk around, right? Where they're going to start pointing out these features, these benefits, whether you need them or not, whether you need them or not. I, you know, I was, I, I opened a sleepy store in New Jersey and um, I was in charge of hiring and training and opening these stores and staffing these stores. And I watched a, a salesperson who had graduated from my training, my training, maybe two months before. And the person was really progressing pretty nicely. But I was in the store and I had to do inventory, I had to do other things. Lo and behold, the uh, presentation was leading to the customer was leaving, okay, with a card and a price on the back of the card. So we've all been there one extent or another. And <laughs> I did something that a lot of managers should not do. Um, I engaged that customer on the way out. And in a brief conversation, um, I, I wanted to make sure that she got everything that she needed. Did you know, whatever. I wanted to reopen the sale is what it was. But in that conversation, I learned that the customer lived alone. She lived alone. And most of the presentation that the salesperson used to sell this beauty rest, which was the product on the back of the card, was yeah. about motion transfer. So, I mean, you know, if, if the person had found out, and there are ways you can find out easily and methodically, if the person had known that the customer lived alone, that motion transfer was not an issue in her life, right. then they certainly would not have spent all that time proving a motion transfer benefit. So here it yeah. is. The, my guy was delivering a pitch rather than being customer focused and asking important questions to find out what was important to her, then make that product come alive within the lens of her and her needs. And it was, it really is all too often many of us even, even if we know the lesson, we still have a tendency to default to a pitch. And we deliver this pitch. And really what we should be doing is finding out more about the customer, what's important to them, and then make that product or service come alive within the lens of their needs and wants. And then they should leave with the idea, well, number one, they should leave with a receipt, but they should also leave, we got the perfect mattress. We've got the perfect um, you know, living room set. I can't wait for this dining room set to be delivered. You know, that's the feeling. They This is the right one. And it can happen in the first store. And that's just it. It can happen in the first store. It is art. It is science. Science can be taught. Art needs to be developed. That's what needs to be nurtured and practiced over and over again. And when it's done, just like Angel, how many years later and it's still fresh in your mind it's yeah. a beautiful thing to behold to watch the master at work it is it truly truly is 35 years now 35 years later and you remember it like it was yesterday like it was yesterday because right. he was so good Stu, does bob have a book or anything my apologies if i missed the pitch uh to my knowledge, no, but I'm going to let Bob answer that question, Stu. Thank you. That's a great question, Stu. Do you um, have a book or anything? <laughs> the book is in my brain. I actually started a book about 10 years ago, but I never did finish it. There's only a couple of chapters that I probably should, 
but I'm going to try and stand up Uncle Munkle. And uh, in the UncleMunkle.com over time, a lot of this will be on video and will be available for my clients who buy my brands. But it's also going to be available to others who on a pay for service, whether it's a subscription or, you know, you buy the class and you get the class. But right now, UncleMunkle.com, I just got the domain. There is no website there, but there will be a website there and it's going to have content. And little hint here, you heard it here first. There are some uh, very special people out there who I have encountered through the years um, who I'm already beginning to tap with collaborations. So it's not just going to be me. It's going to be the wisdom of others. So over time, there might be, you know, teaming up or individual contributors uh, at the website, but it, it is coming. I expect 2023 to be a truly formative year at the website. So, uh, Frank Flesh, Fleshman. Frank, see what, what are the best ways to help RSAs practice these skills? Scrimmaging, role-playing, what are the best ways? Bob? Okay, um, so it takes three weeks to change a habit and to break a habit. That's the human brain, folks, okay? If you're going to quit smoking, you need to quit smoking for three weeks in order yeah. to have momentum that you'll be successful. If you're going to get in shape, you need to go to the gym five days a week for three weeks in order to create the habit. The same is true with, with role-playing and practicing skills. So I'll give you a couple of key pointers here, Frank. Uh, great to hear from you, Frank. Thank you. Um, first is the people who hate role-playing the most need to role-play the most. That's just the fact, okay? The one gospel, absolute gospel. The people who hate role playing the most <laughs> need to role play the most. Or, or you get this. This one's fun. It's like, oh yeah, I do that all the time, but I don't role play in in these sessions. No, you don't do it all the time. You do your own thing. You're making that up, and you're just trying to get out of it. Okay. So here's what I learned though. Um, so in an audience, you got thirty people in the audience, fifty or whatever. Whoever raises their hand first is not who you want role playing. But they're the only ones brave enough to do it and brave enough to be wrong. So you're better off, number one, whatever you want to teach them, be, be very narrow and deep on one skill. Don't try and teach them the whole thing. Just get them to do one thing. And you need to write it out on a piece of paper and then you get people to pair up. So if you've got, you know, 20 people in a room that you're going to train, then you got 10 pairs. All right. And what they do is they'll, they'll role play with their, with their peers because they don't feel as embarrassed with that than doing it in front of a group. That's, that's, that's really uh, a lot of people aren't going to do that. So they do in pairs and then you or whoever else is with you is walking the floor, coaching them. Right. And then they switch roles. So A, you know, is uh, overcoming objections that B, B is giving them. And it's all on paper. They know exactly what the task is. You've written it out on a piece of paper or an index card or whatever it is. So this person gives the objection. And then they, whatever little script you is written there, let them read it if necessary the first time. They're not going to memorize it in front of the room from you. It's impossible. But let them do that. So they have it in writing. And then they go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Give them time to do that. But you let them know in advance. At the end of this, we're going to ask a volunteer pair to come up and do it for the rest of us. So 
you know, and you give them a prize, you know, there's a $50 gift card, there's, you know, whatever it is you're giving away for the people who get up in front of the audience. So it begins in your session, but then, then the managers, the people responsible for the sales results of that crew, they need to have follow-up meetings. They need to continue the role plays. Okay, so you do Saturday morning meetings. Okay, great. Do, are you going to do this and give them, literally spell out the role play because you're not going to be there. I'm going to tell you, um, most of us listening here, okay, with the exception of retailers who are right in front of the customer, but reps and trainers who have to go from store to store to store and, and, and train, most of us here, really our success mostly happens when we're not there. So we need to deliver content, meaningful, valuable content, and have them learn and practice that. But we're not going to be there to follow up. We need to count on people to do that for us. So if you're going to run a training meeting, you need to have some sense of responsibility and a plan after the meeting that what you're going to do in the meeting will be practiced, will be inspected, will be, and will roll out. And that's the key, because if you do one and done, there's only one or two people who are going to try it. The rest of them are just going to default to what they normally do. And they're not bad people. It's just how we learn. If you want to change a habit, you need three solid weeks of implementing that change over and over and over again. And if you don't get that, you're more likely to drop that habit. Uh, Frank said, thank you. Great advice. And I had the benefit, privilege, joy of, uh, in high, I was in eighth grade. I met a gentleman named Jeff Blatnick. He went on to win the, uh, uh, gold medal in the Olympics for a Greco Roman heavyweight wrestler. And so the gym was open and, and during the summer, um, and I was the strongest kid in the gym, so he used to make me wrestle with him. And I was terrible, and he just beat the crap out of him. And he used to say to me all the time, he said it more than once. He burned it in my brain. Pete, if there's something you bad at, you're bad at, you have to do it. You have to overcome it. You have to, you have to own it. If there's something that you're afraid of or you're not good at, you have to overcome it. You have to own it. And what you said just rang so true for me. 40 years of training salespeople tells me that what, what Uncle Munkle just said was 100% true. The guy or the gal that desperately needs role-playing will not stick his or her hand up for it. They will do everything they can to escape it. They need it more than anyone. And Correct. if they can find a way to get on the other side of it, they'll realize how foolish they've been. And they'll realize that if they had embraced it sooner, they would have started making a lot of money a right. lot faster. And so, even, Sorry to interrupt, but no, even, go if ahead. They, even if you can't get them to realize how important role-playing is, if you could just get them to begin down the path of changing the habit and, you know, you've got managers and others to encourage and to facilitate further, you know, uh, habit formation, 
before you know it, they're implementing a lot of what you've trained. And it might be a little bit different. Yeah. It, that's okay. But once they start seeing results, then, then they're invested. So what's interesting is that <clears throat> um, a lot of sales associates, they repeat behaviors that they believe lead them to sales and they discontinue behaviors that they believe depress sales. And they're not always right. Sometimes it's intuition, sometimes whatever, but they will repeat behaviors that they think leads to sales. So it's be careful what you teach them because it needs to be easy. It needs to be practice. It needs to be implementable by the broad audience. Maybe not everyone, but most of them. That yeah. if we do it and it works, they're going to do it again. And then they're going to do it again. And yeah. then they're going to do it again. So be thoughtful about what you teach them. Be sure that this will increase their results and then make sure that they can create this basic habit of making that change. And then when it works, guess what happens? The next time you see them, they're just going to thank you. You know, it, it could be years later, Pete. I mean, I get strangers coming up to me. You know, you were, I saw you went and you did this. And ever since then, I tried that. Oh, man, does that work? Do you still do it today? Absolutely. I teach everyone that. I mean, that's the kind of lasting effect that you want. You mentioned at the open of the show, the pie in the sky approach. To, are you kidding me? Really? Just leave that home. Yeah. yeah. Just one thing that works that they can do. And I'm going to tell you, and then every time you come back, follow up on it. Are you still doing that? How's that working out? Yeah. What objections are you doing? There? Okay. And then teach them one more. Just one yeah. more. Just have them incrementally improve over time. They will love you. So sales, uh, sales reps that watch this show, and I, I never intended for you guys to watch the show. I'm glad you, you do, and I'm glad you're here. Make a note of what Bob just said and have something to leave behind special, probably handwritten for the sales manager who's going to execute for the sales team. Hey, these are the things that you should be following up on, blah, blah, blah. Maybe a week later, send an email too, but leave him something physically or her something physically right there on the spot. That's just for them. How to follow up. Some ideas on following up with their salespeople to keep the momentum coming. One of the things that depresses me horribly is when I go from one sales meeting to the other and I don't hear about successes in between. Um, I want to hear about successes in between. I want someone to have changed what they did. If it's just one person, I am pleased as punch. Uh, Chris, can you very quickly pull Jeff Janakovo's comment up? Because I thought it was great. Uh, Jeff Janakovo says, great to see good people step into their superpower and shine. And that, my friend, is for you, Bob. Uh, Thank you. You are stepping into your superpower. One of your superpowers is sales training. You already knew that. Your other superpower is as a consultant, but there's a third superpower and I have failed because we got going so much. So we have a big announcement to make. We One do. of the very first companies that Bob is uh, bringing under 
his wing at Uncle Munkle is Bob, the big reveal. It is BedTech. BedTech uh, has BedTech, um, you know, Brandon and Darren Sparks. And I'm not even going to say thanks to Garrett as well. Um, they reached out right away when, when the news hit the wires. And I could tell you that, you know, those conversations went so well. Uh, I did channel checks. I called retailers. I called you, Pete. I called other reps who represent the BedTech brands, uh, the company for their customers. And I'm going to tell you that reputation was just plain spotless. So I'm being very selective in terms of brands that I will represent on behalf. And uh, BedTech, we, we, we have a deal. Um, I, I'm thrilled. Uh, so I'm going to be offering just quality bases, imports. Uh, but we also have um, uh, warehouses right here. So you want to buy from a warehouse and uh, you can do that. You want to buy a container, you can do that. But we're going to have bases, a full line of bases, just unbelievable pricing, but yet with the quality uh, that you can expect that you'll need. And also they have, I was really impressed with their imported line of mattresses. Um, I think they were very thoughtful on what they brought in and the price levels and the feature benefits set. So I'm really excited to add BedTech to the, to the bag. I mean, BedTech's going to be my base company, my import company, my import mattress company, along with pillows and sheets. So um, for those of you out there, you know, if I haven't called you yet, I probably will. Great company, says Scott Vaughn. Absolutely. This is a great marriage. BedTech is a great line. Um, I, I love everybody at BedTech and they have done such a great job. Um, are you representing a specific area, Bob? I am, the United States. I should, you should not limit yourself like that, Bob. I'm not, just, just the United, well, I want to stay within the United States. So. His initial foray into this is going to be the United States, but the right. world is this man's oyster. Okay. I <laughs> <laughs> think the United States will keep me busy and, and I'll be working, you know, uh, hand in glove with Darren and Brandon uh, to be thoughtful about the retailers that we, we approach. Cause the last thing we want to do is just flood the market, you know, and before you know it, everyone has the same thing, but um but absolutely, Brandon, Darren, and myself will be working very specifically, and I'll be all over the United States. That's that's awesome. Um, Patrick Tinney says, great show, gents. Forever learning right there. Yes. Yes, Patrick. Always learning. Bob, do you give participants pre-reading to get ready for your training sessions? Ooh, that's so it depends on the training session. Sometimes you want the element of surprise. Sometimes you don't. I'll give you an example. Um so I had a retailer that was concerned about a big national retailer coming into town. So they kind of had a, uh, didn't have their market alone, but they were pretty well established in their market, you know, a third generation business. But now this big national retailer was opening like up the block and uh, they were fearful. So the pre-work, Patrick, was this. Each of the um, sales associates, as well as the sales manager, had to shop that national retailer. And I had specific questions. I even divided it up, you know, because it was, we wanted to get all this information. So some people had to focus on these three things and another person had to focus on these three things and so on. So we broke it up 
so that collectively, when they came back as a discussion point of the meeting, we had all the intel that we needed on that national retailer. Literally every, we knew everything we needed. And you know what they learned? The salespeople weren't so good. And the products weren't necessarily the best, or maybe they were, or their prices were higher, or they, they charged for delivery and then this other company didn't. They, they, we basically uh, really took away the mystery and the fear from this national retailer. So the pre-work in this case, you have to show up at the meeting ready to go with the answers to these questions on that. And we're going to collect and we're going to discuss that information and then we're going to develop a plan of attack together. So there are instances when there is pre-work involved. And also for the folks who don't show up with it done, you know, you learn a lot right there and you make sure that the owner or some senior person is at that meeting to see the person who didn't get it done. <laughs> you, don't get to know, you don't say negative things, but it is telling when you don't, when you show up to class without your homework. It is. It is. Uh, Bob, we could go on for another hour. Oh, here's uh, Scott Vaughn. I have to read this one before we sign off. I can say that we would be nowhere near as successful without implementing the training that Bob has provided over the years. Precious Pete is our favorite rap. <laughs> well, that's a rap right there, you know? Right? <laughs> oh, I wouldn't have read that if I would have seen it. Oh, Lord have mercy. Scott, I agree. This has been such a treat. You know, Bob referred to, uh, we jumped on a call the other night and, you know, I just got out of my neck surgery just a few days and uh, we spent an hour and a half on the phone and we we could have gone another hour and a half really easily. So Bob, um, anytime you want to come on this show, you just let me know when when Uncle Munkle uh, is, you know, uh, you know, uh, the .com is ready to go. Please let me know. I will announce it on the show on every episode until you are over flooded with clients, which I got a feeling you probably are already. Bob, if I'm a retailer and maybe I I know you, but I don't know how to get a hold of you. And I, you know, I miss Bob. I want to work with Bob. I want to be part of Uncle Munkle. How do they get a hold of you? And somebody that doesn't know you, how do they get a hold of you? like right now before the website is up and, and run it. So my email is unclemunkle at gmail.com. So okay. it's uncle, like you spell uncle and munkle, just get that spelled right at gmail.com. You'll get me there. Unclemunkle at gmail.com. And I'll give you my phone number right now. It's 224-223-3396. I'll repeat it. 224-223-3396. Those are the best ways to get a hold of me. Eventually, of course, uh, that website will be built. We're going to be delivering content uh, on the website. Uh, and uh, I, as I'm building this bag, which is coming together now, and in the coming weeks, I have discussions, um, meaningful discussions with an ultra luxury uh, in a spring company. I have discussions with a luxury latex company. And I also uh, will likely have a high quality bed frame company in my bag as well. But for now, we have BedTech. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you, Darren. 
Uh, looking forward to that, but we're going to build out the bag. And I expect all this to be in place by the end of August. And I would love to come on the show again. I think this is fun. And, and maybe we'll focus on another area or maybe the sure. audience wants more tips on a selling process, comfort selling, you know, using bed match or the pressure mapping stuff or, you know, we have uh, all kinds of interesting content that we can offer. That's, that's awesome. Bob, thank you. This has been an absolute treat for me um, having you on the show and making the blockbuster announcement that you're going to be working with BedTech. That is, uh, that, that's just unbelievably great for me uh, to hear because you guys are all my baby hippo. Love you. I love you too, Steve. <laughs> I should have never, I should have never done I that. Love it. I love it. I'm going to be called a baby hippo 10 times in the next couple of days. But Bob, I always give my uh, guests the last word. So what would you like to say to our audience as we sign off? Um, I'm going to begin with thank you, Pete. I appreciate it. For my all pleasure. of you that tuned in or will tune in on uh, subsequent um, uh, airings of this at your own convenience, thank you again. You know how to get in touch with me. If I can help you, I'm interested in helping you and building our relationship and our brands together. Um, I would tell you that I have a mission in life and that is to change the world one mattress at a time. That's awesome. So you have the contact information, unclemunkle at gmail.com and Bob's cell number 224-223-3396. Call Bob or Uncle Munkle, either one. They'll both be glad to help you. And these are exciting times, Bob. These are great times um, for, for the few that realize that it, it's times like these that change can really, really be effective. And sometimes we got to get woken up a little bit um, from our, from our, our comfort zone. And, you know, when business isn't easy necessarily, those are the times when sales training becomes super important. That's the time when product selection becomes super important. That's mm -hmm. the time when really understanding the numbers in your business is super important. And hiring a consultant, a sales trainer, and an expert in our business is one of the best things you can ever do for your business. So with that, I am saying goodbye to Bob Munkle, a.k.a. Uncle Munkle. And you had it here. You heard it here first. Bob Munkle is now with BedTech and soon to take over the world. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Pete.